This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. All right, fam, welcome back to episode number eight of the Hero Academy podcast. In this episode, we have Project Mayday. They represent for EMS, fire, police, and military. It's their mission to prevent the unnecessary loss of life by taking a stand for mental health of our first responders. They have a podcast also by the same name. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. I just want to introduce you guys to Project Mayday. I have G with me. G and Bree. It rhymes. (laughs) All right. So I'm not going to do a lot of talking because I have a lot of questions for you guys. We have two guests today, both with very interesting, cool stories. I spoke to G on the phone and got a little bit of his story. So I'm going to start with Bree and um, just tell me a little bit about your story. Let's hear it. All right. Well, I originally was going to be a law in law enforcement. And I was going to be fourth generation law enforcement. I was kind of indoctrinated into that type of culture. On both sides, I have a lot of first responders. And I was the only female out of my family. So there were three girls. I was the youngest one. I was the most tomboyish. And so they're like, hey, you should go law enforcement. But I realized I really didn't like wrestling people. (laughs) and fighting them. I was a bouncer in a nightclub and I realized it sucks. Uh, (laughs) That's a really good thing to realize. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't like this. So I ended up not going into law enforcement and I went and randomly took an EMT course, fell in love, became a paramedic. And I've been doing that for about 13 years. And um, now I'm a full-time teacher too. And I teach all the EMS courses. So you're a teacher and a paramedic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) And G, and don't forget that you also run a business on the side as well. (laughs) And have children. 
So Free. yes. <laughs> so you're doing a lot. And G, your story? Uh, yeah, no. So it's nothing like that. <laughs> oh, uh, I have no family in law enforcement, police, EMS, or anything like that. I kind of just, just the team aspect was what drew me into becoming a firefighter paramedic. And then fortunately enough to find people like Bree and Bree's husband, Zeph. And we kind of, you know, just came together and worked in the same department with Zeph. And uh, we kind of just became friends. I'm fortunate enough to become their uh, youngest son's uh, godfather. We're reconsidering it, but I was kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's why I got into this field is to uh, have these type of relationships and grow and grow, you know, create a company to where we can uh, give back to our people. So no, just fortunate and uh, loving, loving life. Mm -hmm. So I said it to you when we spoke over the phone that I really do believe that it's one big brotherhood and, and sisterhood of people, you know, all of the frontline heroes, the firemen, the police, the military, the nurses, we all come together when there's a crisis. And you guys are both on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. California. So the first thing I thought about <laughs> was side. I can't even do it right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do it right, man. <laughs> so the first thing I thought about when I thought California was I thought forest fires. Oh, yeah. Did you fight any forest fires? Uh, yeah, no. For the last, I don't know, eight years, I've been on every single major one. I mean, her husband, uh, as well as F, has been on every single major one. It's a real thing out here. We, oh we go every single one every year. And I, I mean, on the other end, Brie, you know, at home alone with three kids, and then also, you know, have to worry about her husband being out. Uh, it's, it, I couldn't even imagine, you know, the stuff that she has to go through. But um, as far as us on the front line, yeah, we're there. You know, it was crazy. One year, we both worked at a fire department, my husband and I, and our area was getting evacuated where we lived. And so I had to drive our children to my parents, which was a few hours away, come back and do evacuations. So <laughs> California is on fire every single year. It is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Why, why is it on fire all the time? I know it's very dry because I visited uh, Palm Desert one year to go see... I literally visited the driest (laughs) area. (laughs) Perfectly accurate description of California. But yes, it is very dry here. Yeah, so no, it it all has to do with topography and and just the stuff, you know, East Coast doesn't have it. East Coast doesn't have the wilderness and the terrain that uh, that California does. So we have the Adirondack Mountains. We're going hiking. You know, in about a week, we're going hiking up in the Adirondacks. So we do have some mountains. Okay. Uh, Come out here. We'll show you. We'll show you mountains. (laughs) I mean, I think, too, everything just really dry from the drought. We were constantly in a state of drought, it seems like. And there's a lot of controversy and political issues on if you should allow natural fire to just burn off some of the underbrush or if we're supposed to be doing it. There's a lot of controversy between forestry and, you know, state departments. So. It seems like California is always on fire. So I always wanted to live in Southern SoCal, you know, Southern California, because they don't have the winters that we do in New York. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's always beautiful. But the thing that I've always wondered about California is it's right on the ocean. Why don't they just pump that ocean water into the forest and just... That's- a great question. Well, because usually the forest is pretty far from the ocean. When it, I mean, when it comes to a lot of the areas that are being burned, sometimes there's small lakes or ponds that they pull out of, but those areas don't typically burn as you don't really see 
as many fires over there only because of that. Yeah, it's more inland, all, okay. all the vegetation yeah. and stuff like that. So, I mean, that helicopter fly time to go grab the water and then having to carry all that tons of water to the site. I mean, the, the timing is just not going to be. I know Matt, uh, California is a massive state. It's just yeah. tremendous. Like, you can't even appreciate how big of a state it is, you know. But Texas is even bigger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you done some traveling? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. have you traveled to? Anywhere except for the Midwest. I've only hit one state in the Midwest. Other than that, I've hit pretty much every state. What about you? Yeah, I'm more limited in the United States, but I've traveled to a lot of different countries. So that's been really fun. She actually lived in Turkey? Yeah. Turkey for... Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That's why I'm really appreciative of the United States is just we have no idea how lucky we are to say and do whatever we want, essentially, as long as we're not hurting other people, of course. But I really enjoy experiencing different cultures. And G was even born in India. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How old were you when you came to the U.S.? Well, I was five, five, six. I came in 97. I was born in 91. So have you ever been back to India? Uh, I went back the last time was in high school. My oldest sister's uh, wedding was out there. So, because okay. um, it's a lot cheaper to have a wedding out there. Okay. So we have, we have the wedding out there. <laughs> India is definitely on my list once they get done with this COVID thing. <laughs> yeah. My thing is I like to put two international stamps per year on my passport. It's just like a number I came up with out of my head. Yeah. I was just like, I want to travel twice a year and put some stamps on my passport. Yeah. I've been to Japan, the Philippines, Colombia, and a few other small Caribbean countries, you know? Mm. No. Yeah, no, I've hit Europe pretty good, but I do want to go down to South America more often. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So tell me about Project Mayday. All right. Well, I like how you look directly at me. So <laughs> Project Mayday was an idea that kind of came to me years ago. And my father passed away from suicide. And he was a 23-year veteran of California Highway Patrol. And it was out of nowhere. So I was 20 years old and the ripple effect of suicide is so overwhelming. I mean, just how many people it truly affects, even people that weren't that close to that person. When you talked about the brotherhood and the sisterhood, you hear one of your own did that, then you're starting to think of were there signs? I mean, even if you weren't close, right? And so many people came up to our family and said he would have been the last person I ever thought would do it, which creates a lot of insecurity too in your own mental wellness. And so at 20 years old, um, I lost my father and I ended up graduating college. And that's also when I was like, there's no way I'm going to go law enforcement. It just wasn't for me. And then I happened to eventually become a paramedic trying to save people. Go figure. So, um, She's not very good at her, tra- her track record is. You want me to show up? You don't want you to show up. So I, I ended up, it's always been obviously a huge, you know, life-changing event that happened in my life. And, you know, it was kind of a secret, to be honest. I never talked about it. If someone asked about my parents or, you know, something like that, I would kind of just say it was an accident and not really talk about it. And, you know, I'm like, man, I would really love that this wasn't a stigma, that I wasn't embarrassed that, you know, my father, a 23-year veteran, did that. And so I was a big advocate for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And, and there was nothing specifically for EMS, fire, mil- there's not, it's just all inclusive, which is great, you know, but 
thought, wow, that'd be really cool to just start the conversation. So one night we were kind of sitting around talking about it. And G is a motivator himself. He's a big PR guy. And he said, well, why wouldn't we start that? And it kind of just took off from this idea. And we started this podcast where we're talking about everyone's stories from the field, things that worked for them on why they felt mentally well, things that didn't work for other people, what you know you could do about it. And it's trying to break the stigma of starting that conversation, period. When you start the conversation, it kind of loses a lot of power. And you also realize that a lot of other people can relate to you. And you're really never alone, that everyone carries some type of pain. Everyone has experiences. Everyone carries those calls with them, which is why we're you know, exclusively first responders, which does include healthcare too. But we're, you know, you're first in line. You have a front row seat to pain. And how do you process that and file it away as a human being instead of just the badge? So Project Mady is meant to really just inspire people to start talking. I love it. Go ahead, Gene. Yeah, no, to that fact, I mean, when we release one that people resonate with, mm-hmm. uh, people hit us up on on our website and they we had just the last one, uh, Chief White down in uh, Burbank Fire Department. When he came on, it was, shoot, I can't even tell you how many submissions that, hey, I want to share my story. Yeah. I, I saw that one. It really inspired me. It really clicked. So that was literally the, when we were at the dinner table discussing to start it, that was the thing that we wanted to, the one, we wanted to start with that conversation. Yeah, the world needs your organization. And I'm so grateful for you guys that you created it. And you're going to affect so many people that you don't even know that may be listening and maybe in pain, but they didn't know, you know, where to turn or they didn't, or they felt that their story was unique and individual. And like, you know, like I'm the only one in the world who's going through a divorce right now. I'm the only one in the world who's lost a child or who has you know, a serious illness, you know, like you're not the only one in the world and there are people that you can talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And one of our very first podcasts, I ended up having my grandfather on who was my dad's father and he was retired deputy commissioner of CHP. And we talked about my dad's suicide, which was taboo even in our family to talk about that. But I'm, you know, trying to be very transparent, which is painful and weird and awkward, but you know, it's like, if I can share our family history and story, you know, I really hope that that encourages other people to just be transparent too, which is something we're not taught at all, especially as a first responder. And, you know, in our intro podcast too, we kind of talk about how we went into being a first responder and some of the things that we've experienced. So I think just trying to connect on a personal level, even through social media, really does give a voice to mental wellness of our first responders. Well, thank you guys for doing that. You know, you guys are heroes to a lot of people that you haven't even met yet. What's the craziest or funniest story that you can remember? Hands down, (laughs) I'm going to tell you. The funniest story I have ever heard, personally, is how G got into the fire service. It makes me laugh every (laughs) single time. G, you have to tell that story. All right. I don't know if your podcast is video, but I did not look like this uh, when I decided to get into the fire service. I had a turban, I had a beard. I mean, the beard was down to here. And, um, <laughs> and I just made it into my mind that I wanted to be a firefighter. Um, and so 
when I started, I went to the local fire station here in Sacramento and uh, just the one down the street from my house. And I said, hey, I, I showed, I didn't know you show up in a suit and a tie. I'd bring ice cream. I didn't know any of that. So I just showed up in basketball shorts and a t-shirt and uh, like, hey, I'm, <laughs> can, I, can I get a job application? And they're- With they're, a turban and a beard yeah, and a ba- yeah. basketball shorts. Yeah. And what, what year was this? Uh, this was 2010. 11? Yeah, this is after 2001. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely after. I was in fifth grade, 2001. And so uh, show up, and that's how you know, just that's how I am. And so I just show up in shorts and t-shirt, and they're like really confused. They're like, "Well, you're trying to do what?" I was like, oh, "Well, I, you know, I'm here to get an application because I thought you applied to the fire station. You don't apply to like state or the city. You apply at the fire station. So go there, ask for an application. They're like, no, that's not how it works." You got to, you know, get your paramedic license. You got to get your firefighter certificate and all that kind of stuff. What they didn't tell me was you have to shave. They didn't say that. Uh, so I, <laughs> and, and that was that was different because my next experience was coming out to New York. So I asked them. I was like, okay, you know, if you guys had to pick a fire department to work at, your dream department. Uh, one of them said FDNY, and I said, where is that? Because like I, I know nobody. <laughs> I know, I know absolutely nobody in the fire service and uh, or the police or anything like that. So I was like, "Where is that?" They're like, "Dude, it's New York, man." And so I was like, "All right." And so I, you know, thank them for the time. Leave, go to my house, type in FDNY. The first station that pops up is is in uh, Manhattan. So book a flight, come out. And again, they didn't know I was gonna go, so they didn't tell me, "Hey, man, if you go, show up in a suit and tie." take some ice cream with you, like something, right? So I get off the plane, get just with my luggage in my hand. Uh, you know, hey, I was only there for like three days or something like that. And ring the doorbell and, and this guy with these handle my mustache down to here opens the door. He's like, can I help you? I was like, oh, I'm here to apply. And like, turban beard, you know? And so he's, and he looks at me so confused. Like, what do you, no, no, you're not here to apply. Like, no, I'm here to apply. And he's like, come inside, man. So I come inside and there's just, I don't know, probably 20 people in that station. And they're just looking at me. And to me, the only thing I know about firefighters is the movies, right? They're cool people, blah, blah, blah. So I'm giving everybody like homey handshakes and like bringing them in for the real thing. Like, you know, and so they're just like, what is this guy? And uh, finally they sit me down and I'm taking cheese, like one of these, like one of the homey handshakes. And so they sit me there like, hey, you know, what, what's going on? What are you doing here? Oh my God, I'm like, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Sacramento, West Coast. And then for some reason, everybody thinks that if you say you're from California, they think you're from Hollywood. So they're yeah. like, oh, you're, you're Hollywood. I was like, no, nah, it's about eight hours away. Uh, but, but yeah, sure. And so they asked me all that. And then um, I was like, yeah, I want to be a firefighter here. And they're like, no, we're not going to hire you. And this is where the difference from East Coast and West Coast was. West Coast was very PR. They were like, hey, you know, you got to do this. You got to get this. Paramedic license, you got to do this. You got to do that. East Coast was, no, we're not going to hire you, man, because you look like someone that just took down the Twin Tower, you know, some of we, you know, We're not going to hire you. Yeah, we're not going to hire you. Uh, you don't Basically look. Basically telling you you look like a terrorist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, well, damn. Right? <laughs> okay. And so I'm like, I just came out here. And they're like, they, they saw like the defeated look in my face. I just came out there, right? And so they're like, 
you know, how long are you here for? I was like, oh, I'm only here until tomorrow or the next day. And they're like, all right, well, let's do a ride along and see if you like it. And, you know, we're not going to hire you. Just come to the ride along with us. And I was like, all right. And so I stayed until I was awesome. And then when I was headed back, they said, hey, you know, you got to shave, man. Like, you have to. <laughs> and so I went back to Cali and uh, shaved. And this is how I look now since 2011. And so, uh, and then started getting into that and, you know, found my career and became a fireman. And yeah, then we're what? I mean, I love that story. Can you imagine like being a first responder in this culture of hardcore military, everything is kind of where it needs to be. And someone shows up in a turban, a long beard. It's like, hey man, and a basketball store is like, I'm going to work for you. And you're like, what is happening? And then ends up actually doing it also is surprising. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, what's the deal with the handlebar mustache? That's like deep entrenched in the uh, fire culture. Is that a thing yeah, on the I, West Coast too? No, no. Yeah, for sure. I have a theory that because there wasn't masks back in the day, you know, like how there are now when you go into fires, yeah. people just have their mustache. So they would just, you know, that would be their filter. It okay. would be going, <laughs> going into smoke and that would be their filter to catch all the carcinogens. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge with Project Mayday and, and getting it off the ground to where you guys want to be? Mm, I definitely think the biggest challenge is just getting us out there. Just because we're a newer business and I feel like our stories are there. I think people are very encouraging and wanting the same things that we want. But just really understanding how to get the message out that we're available has been, I think, our biggest challenge. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's every business's biggest challenge yeah. is getting and getting being, the word out. Yeah, yeah, and being consistent. I mean, she yeah. has a full time job. I got a full time job. Zeph has a full time job with three kids. Yeah. So it's just like, I got a dog. I got a dog. So uh, I got a kid. But yeah, no, it's just it's just being consistent and being out there every day. You know, so people can see us, kind of thing. How often are episodes released? Bi weekly. Bi weekly. Bi weekly. Okay. And what is the website, J-E-M-S? What is that? So GEMS is Journal of Emergency Medical Services. And we partnered together where our podcast goes on EMS today. So you can access our podcast that way. GEMS has been around as long as I've been in the field. Um, it's one of the only, or as far as I know, the only journal just for EMS, Emergency Medical Services. There's more uh. for fire and law enforcement, but this is just EMS. So our podcasts go on EMS today, but our website is projectmayday.us. Okay. And through that, our podcasts are on there. Our media page is on there. We even have a shop on there. And that's where you can do the contact us if you want to share your story. Yeah. And then every, anything that anybody buys, it goes all toward mental health services. Mm -hmm. Every single proceed goes toward that. So yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, givers gain. And uh, that's just how we operate. What's uh, one of your best memories in the role of being a fireman and being a paramedic? For me, it was delivering my first kid. I was just going to say that. No, no. no. You got to think of, think of a different story. Mine, <laughs> mine was delivering, delivering a kid. I mean, that, that was absolutely amazing. Uh, it, all the hard work over the years and, you know, you know, how I grew up as far as being bullied and, you know, being foreigner and all that kind of stuff, all really just solidified itself that this is what I need to be doing. And this is why I was put through everything to get to that spot to deliver this kid. Like, it was just amazing. It was amazing. That's cool. And Bree, what's one um, of your best memories in that, in that role? 
One of my best memories would be just some of the certain calls I've gone on where I knew I did everything right and I got the outcome I wanted. And that not only feeds my ego. um, (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Um, It not only feeds my ego, but it really made me believe more and more into medicine and that you know, first responders are really needed. You know, if you don't know what to do and you see that fear in someone's eyes and you're like, I got you, don't worry about our, I, we don't say don't worry about it if it's serious, but it's like, hey, I got you. I so, got you. and knowing that you're real about it and you have trained and you do know what to do. And, and then it turned out exactly how you wanted it to. I think that is definitely the best feeling yeah. as being a paramedic and first responder. Yeah. And then I also want to add Zeph, you know, who's mm-hmm. the third person here, uh, but he's not able to be with us today. I think it's all about mentorship. Yeah. And he's a captain. And uh, I know he really, really prides himself on giving back to the next generation. And so, you know, I, if he was here and talking about it, it would definitely be his mentorship and him giving the lessons to the next generation for sure. I am going to interview him all by himself because I'm all about mentorship and coaching. I'm all about it. Good. I'll tell him that. Yeah. Yeah, Zeph so, doesn't like to be in the spotlight, but okay. he's huge in the company. Sometimes he's on the podcast, but he definitely edits and does all of our videos. And uh, we can do we can do an audio only episode with Zeph. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any advice for people that uh, want to become firemen now, or paramedics now, or any kind of first responder? The advice that I would give, and this is kind of just a quote I use all the time, is whatever you be good at it no matter what you're going to do. So the second that you stop caring about other human beings, which happens, burnout happens and I get it. But the second you really feel that burnout, you should pause and reflect if maybe you should do a career change. I think this is one of the best jobs in the world, but there are disadvantages to this job too. It's a true sacrifice and realize, you know, the sacrifices and before you get resentful. And just... To, to add on to that, you know, know what you're getting yourself, getting yourself into. I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into and do your homework and go on ride-alongs. Don't just jump right into it like I did. I didn't go. <laughs> I went on that one ride-along, but that was it. And so, you know, be proactive. And if you are in it and then you feel yourself kind of, you know, that mental health aspect uh, start to deteriorate, reach out. Yeah. You know, absolutely reach out and, uh, and go from there because we're all here for each other, man. Yeah. And that's something we say on our podcast at the end. We always say call out. So we're calling out to those who may be listening and you should call out when you need need help. I love it. That's really cool. Gee, who's your top five greatest of all time? If you could have a conversation with them or mastermind with them, who's on your list? Your top five. Top five. One, Kobe Bryant. That's just my guy. I play basketball. So that's my guy. Another one would be Martin Luther King for sure. And then uh, another one would be Elon Musk. Okay. For sure. <laughs> Elon Musk, absolutely. Um, fourth one, I would say uh, Mark Luttrell, Lone Survivor. I really yep. want to have a conversation with him. And then fifth is David Goggins. I know you know David Goggins. That's my yeah, guess. those last two that might happen, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that yeah. might actually happen. You might not be, you might only be six months to a year away from those conversations. You know, you yeah. just never and, know. And, and, no, and, 
I think you've probably seen the episode, but we had a guy named uh, Dr. Brooks, uh, Tony Brooks, and he was actually part of the Army Ranger squad that went to go rescue Marcus mm-hmm. Luttrell. So we had him on our podcast. So yeah. that was really, really cool. And it was it was super exciting for me to interview him. Yeah. Uh, you know, those, that's what I call real heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also consider you guys heroes for what you do as well and who you serve. If money wasn't in the equation, all right, I'm going to throw this one at Brie, right? <laughs> and your family was taken care of, okay? What would you spend your time and your money on? Uh, so money is no longer an equation. You have Jeff Bezos' money. You have $100 billion. <laughs> You have $100 yeah. billion dollars in the bank. So you can basically do whatever you want. And you can spend your entire day doing this thing, you know, and you can spend your years, the rest of your years doing, what would you do? If money was not in the equation, you didn't have to work and your children were taken care of. You had a squad of nannies and teachers. Hey, that sounds great. Uh, (laughs) um, Honestly, I really like mentorship of younger women that maybe are told to not do something because they are a woman or they can't do it. We see this a lot with the fire service. There's a huge intimidation factor of the physical job. We don't see it actually as much with law enforcement in comparison. But, you know, really it's what are you good at and what are you interested in? And once you find those two things, you need to get it. You need to go after it because there's a reason. There's a purpose and you need to find that purpose. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot with female culture to be indecisive and also insecure. And I don't know the golden rule on how to just fix all of that, but I definitely think the more productive, amazing people we have and and the more diverse that we all are in all aspects, I think we'll create a better world. Yeah, look at this crew. Yeah. (laughs) Look at this Motley crew. Uh, (laughs) uh, When you get a chance, go on my Instagram and look at my last interview of Super Jenna, Super Jenna 82. She's a tactical fire chief mm. yeah T- tactical firefighter she's a very badass chick <laughs> so gee what would you spend all your money and all your time doing your family's taken care of so don't worry about them yeah i'm like you man i'm all about growth and, and mentorship as well in like brief uh but mine i got into the fire service to, to open that open the gate to other you know indian kids to want to pursue this career so i would absolutely put that trillion dollars into that into opening doors and opportunities for other indian kids uh, to want to do something that, that i love a lot of people don't know the largest english speaking country in the world is india a lot of yeah. people don't know that fact yeah yeah it's an I mean, interesting there's, fact. there's like a billion of them <laughs> <laughs> What's the best compliment that you've ever received from someone that you helped? I know that's a tough question. I mean, probably just thank you. And you know, they mean it. Mm. Um, I think especially the older generation and we're talking 80s, 90s, they've really seen a lot. I mean, we're talking World War II still. And if they're in pain, they're like the last ones to call, which is so upsetting because they don't want to be a burden. But when they are in a lot of pain or something happens and they truly say thank you, and you know you actually help them, that was one of the best compliments because you think of the lifetime they've lived and they're still saying, you know, they're still appreciative after all that. A sincere thank you. That's like mm-hmm. pretty much all anyone ever needs, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, you guys have any projects coming up? 
we promote it. You're promoting anything? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we're actually in talks uh, with a uh, nonprofit down in uh, SoCal for uh, putting on an event. Uh, they're also first responder based in mental health, and so it's eight hundred nine five four awareness down in SoCal, and they do like boxing events and stuff like that. So I put on our podcast that I would fight one of them in the ring. And He's so, gonna get murdered. No. <laughs> so uh, we're still figuring things out, you know, in, in the preliminary kind of kind of setting for it. However, uh, in October we're gonna be doing uh, a walk uh, for mental health. Breeze kind of the head on that. But yeah, we got some things in the works and uh, yeah, no, just, you know, optimistic and positive on what what we can do. You guys are doing so much. I can only imagine what your calendar looks like. Oh, and I was just going to tell you, make sure that for the fight you put in the contract that it has to be like a featherweight or a straw weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Uh, I'll, I'll get the heavyweight. Well, maybe we'll get Zeph out there. Yeah. He's been boxing, so. The website, one more time, just so people can find you. Yes, www.projectmayday.us. Projectmayday.us. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Now, I'll hit you with my final five. You guys hit me with your final five. Mine are easy and light and fun. <laughs> okay. Well, those weren't your final five. I thought those, the one you just did was your final five. <laughs> Nope, this is my final five right here. How do you define hero? What does being a hero mean? Acts of service. Free? Selflessness. Selflessness. And uh, when stress is at its highest and you are feeling stressed out, how do you save yourself? I draw. I go outside. You go outside. I just have to be in nature. All right, that's (laughs) that's good. That's very good. I like to travel, so I I like to get near a mountain. And if I can hike a mountain or, you know, on the West free, coast, any coast, I, I've been to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. They had some great hiking out there. Yeah. I can't wait to go to California. California's high on the list. Very high. Uh, and maybe, maybe even this August, I might even, I got some air miles that are piling up that uh, yeah. maybe this August. Come on. Out. Um, would you ever consider starting a coaching segment of your business to coach other EMTs or paramedics or firemen? Down the line, like maybe when you don't have so much on your plate. <laughs> I mean, I do that full time as a teacher. <laughs> you always make more as a consultant, though. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's absolutely in, I think, Project Mayday's wheelhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's definitely something you guys should consider and keep that in the back of your head. Bree, what's your greatest power? What's your greatest strength? Uh, protector, especially when it comes to my children. Mm, mama bear, don't mess with oh, me. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of this one. Gee, <laughs> what's your greatest power? What's your strength? I would say my ability to be to get vulnerable, uh, to have those deep conversations and those conversations that don't necessarily come to the forefront being first responders. So I think my ability to be vulnerable. Yeah, that definitely allows you to connect with people faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just for fun, if you had a comic superpower, what would it be and why, G? Mine would be to control time. Time. A lot of people have been saying that lately. Forward yeah. or backwards? Yeah. Both ways. Both ways, man. Would you I be able to pause it? If I go into the future, I don't like it. I'll go backwards and then change it. <laughs> Changing time is very, very risky. Absolutely. But yeah, control time. That would be mine. Bree? Um, I think it would be to read minds. Read minds. She thinks she does that. <laughs> I'm a woman, so I definitely <laughs> am 
presumptive, yeah. <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for being here. You guys are fun to be around, and I appreciate the time that I spent with you guys. I learned a little bit, you know, I learned a little bit from every single guest that I have on the show, and I know that you guys provided value for my audience, and I just want to thank you sincerely for that. No, absolutely, man. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. And I'll, I'll be in touch. We'll, we'll talk very soon. Absolutely. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of this story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just, just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith1. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.